0: Welcome to Do a Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Grace. We thank you for your grace upon our lives. We thank you for how far you brought us. We thank you for where you have taken us to. Father, we select your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you would honor yourself. We ask, Lord, that you would glorify yourself. Thank you, faithful God, in Jesus Christ's name of Amen, 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 Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seats. Um, first, I just want to apologize. for so, The confusion I kind of created this today by the video I did, because I think some people were like, ah, you know, and when I even put 30, I understand that there were some, there are some like families who felt, ah, you know, if we come, other people will not be able to come. And I guess that... Kind of cost a bit of. Um, I know it's, well, it, one thing, it is lovely that people are considering other people, and I think that's important. You know, people at large like times were like, you know, by the time they we come, there are six, and things like that, where, where, you know somebody else will not have the space. So, you know, I am, I am grateful for that, but I also just, you know, I think we can. Uh, it was basically the news I had yesterday, you know, we, we saw it on news when the police people visited the particular church and things like that. I just wanted to be sure that we got the numbers right. But we thank God for those, the, the online services, and God would continually help every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, one thing I also want to describe, I said this, I mentioned it also, but I just wanted to just kind of mention it again, is um, we have different creeds, and there are reasons why those creeds are read the way they are read, We have the Nissen Creed. The Nissen Creed is what we read today and what you normally read on Good Friday. You will see that the context, it is focused on the person and the deity of Christ. Reason being that because in the early Church, you will see this also, Paul writes about this, that people who question the deity of Christ, either he died or he resurrected. That's why Paul began to write and said that if a man, if a man, um, if a spirit comes and denies that Christ came in the flesh, he said, he said, let the speech is let the spirit be a post. So then you had the Nissan Creed that was written specifically to address those issues. What is a creed? A creed is statement of faith. A creed is statement of faith. And for those who well you don't know, already which is which is rightfully so, that when you people saw the Catholic in there, it is it is the Greek rendition of universal. So the original context wrote Catholic, because Catholic, it Google it is a Greek word for universal. So the normal creed that we read that would say the universal church of God, the actual context of it would say the Catholic church of God. Because Catholic, not Catholic church, Catholic itself means universal. So when you're reading it and it says, we believe in the Catholic church, no. What it means that you believe in the universal church. You get so the the what the rendition, the version we use is the very original version that was translated. People have translated that Catholic and put universal there to make people more, you uh, know, for people to kind of get along and not say ah, Catholic and i are not Catholic church. Amen. So God help us in Jesus. I just wanted to align those things. Why those things are there and why they why they are why they were there. So we uh, we thank God for what God is doing. We bless His name. It is Easter and we are celebrating the resurrection of Christ. But I would, I would, I would also try to, you know, like I, we spoke about during the Good Friday, I might not necessarily be speaking about individual context. There are so many things that, of course, there are so many things that could be pulled out of, of, um, of the resurrection of Christ. The fact that when Jesus resurrected, he left, he left an handkerchief by at, at his grave, what that meant according to scriptures and things like that. Because what it means is that when somebody hits, according to the Jewish law, you will see those electricals, when, when you finish eating, you pack, um, there's a way you put your, your, what's it called, your handkerchief to say that you are finished and the servant will come and clear it out. But, but the way that's why when you read the scriptures, you will see that Peter was specific about the, the, the head, head rest that he gave to him. And the significance of what that showed was that he had not finished his job. He was coming again. So, you know, there's so many things that you can pull out of um, resurrection. But as we go through this, his victory is our life. His victory is our life. And I would try to, you know, as we look at this, you look at it from the context of who God is and, and how he relates to things at times. We see, I'm not going to start from here, we see Matthew chapter 27 from verse, 30, 20, from verse 63, to, 63 to 66. Now, the, I might not totally read it, but basically this story, what is written here is that the priest came to meet the, the um, Pilate and said that you know this man, when he was alive, he told us he was people that he was going to resurrect. So please do us a favor. Put your soldiers there, because what will happen is that they will come and steal his body and say that he resurrected. So if you go on to verse, see just next slide said, take a guard, um, take a guard. And answer, pilot answered go to the tomb and secure it as you know how. So they went and and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and and posting a guard there. So if you were managing Jesus, assuming Jesus was your client, and you were managing him, what would be the best response to this? And I'm going to show you, I'm pulling out this so you can see the direction of how God treats things. You would agree with me that when Jesus resurrected, the first thing he should do was to go and show himself to people who have been saying that is they would steal his body. That, guess what? I they didn't steal. But what did he do? He didn't do that. The Bible says he only, he only showed himself to his disciples. That didn't make sense because the way to correct the issue is to turn up in the presence and say, hey, excuse me, I am here. I am God, and things like that. He doesn't care. Do you know that the, one of the core points of Islam against Christianity that divides them is that they do not believe that Christ died on the cross, neither did he resurrect. The Jews also have to say. So it would have been easy to just turn up there and say, hello, I'm here. Why, did? Why? And you see this in the character of God. He is not in the game. He had it with the children of Israel. The people in scriptures that saw the greatest sign and wonder were the people of Israel. What happened to them? They turned back at the end of the day. So God has been in that business. He doesn't pay. So you would naturally think that Jesus will turn up. Let's go to the next slide. Let's go to just a couple of scriptures. Matthew, Mark chapter 16. He said, do not be alarmed. He said, said, um, said, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified and he has risen. He is not here. See, the place where he has been laid. But go and tell his disciples. He didn't say, Go and tell everybody that he's risen. And as we begin to look further, you begin to see the character of Christ. That what you would naturally expect him to do, he would just say, No, I'm just leaving. Because it was saying, like, don't worry. See, at the end of the day, when people die, they will see who, who is who. <laughs> you know, it's not. Have you ever seen a whole place that God will reveal himself to one person and ignore the rest? I think this is, what, this is why when he tries to define himself, I am God, the Bible says he sits in heaven. He does whatever pleases him, not what pleases us. That is scripture. Unfortunately, it may not be what is. It is what pleases him. That's why the Bible says that you know, it is it is you, you, you take pleasure in him, then you will both be happy. <laughs> so we saw this, and you know, and I was thinking, wait a minute, why would you not now? If you go to John chapter 12, or John chapter 21, the Bible says, now Jesus appeared the third time. on appearing to the same people. Did not bother to appear to those in the palace debating whether he resurrected or not. He doesn't care. Somebody called me and we initially um, Speaking, and God, the person called me because God a bit concerned. What happened was that God had actually told that person about something, and after a while, event took over, over a particular thing. And that person called, and that person was praying that God, you see, that you know this has moved on. This, this is. You know, um, um, these are the new offers. This is this, this is that. These are the new offers and things like that. And he was praying and praying and praying. And God said, yes, you can pick, pick that one. It's okay. Then, when he got a little bit contoured, he was now, later and it was not praying. He just kind of felt a silence from God. So he, was called, he called me and said, I said, do you know what, Ron? Said, do you know what he has told you what he wants? But you want to ask for that based on you think that okay. So what he said initially that doesn't make sense. Said to him, see, I was I was advising. I said this is what people don't understand about the character of God. He's spoken to you about something and. If, so I, I, I said, you know what? So later after we spoke, he said he was praying and just had strong silence from God. I don't know how that happens, but he said, it was just silent. I said, I told you. <laughs> he is not there to cater to you all the time. That is not the definition of God. The definition of God is, you worship me. I don't worship you. So you begin to see that people expect. you know it? If I was Jesus, my manager said, you're yeah, just wasting visit here. You go and show them, and guess what? The whole place will, without the opera and the whole yes, yes, we saw it. I didn't yeah, I don't worry about it. Just let's move on. And there will be events in your life that you expect God to just show up and say, Gee, hey. yeah, I, don't. Ignore that. I don't. Don't, don't. Don't you understand? Ignore that. I'm not there. And you know, the more we begin to see this, and the question now, why I said all of that, is to now ask the question. Why did Jesus choose, choose them? There was a reason why he chose them. And the reason is because they were part of the initial class. What was the initial class? At Passover when he was explaining his death to them. So, they need to understand the concluding part of the class. So that means God is not out to entertain people. He wants results from what he talks to you about. He's not just speaking to you. Whatever he's sharing with you, is he has an expectation of what he wants you to do. so there were people who were waiting for their curiosity to be satisfied and he walked away from them and followed people who wanted substance out of what happened so as you see easter god is not interested In general celebration. Because when Jesus rose up, he did not go for general celebration. It's irrelevant. He is looking for substance of what do you really understand? What do you really know? Why do you want to know? Does this make sense to us? God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just wanted to just bring it here in, in that dimension as we begin to look even further. And we take away this um, side of art ah, that you know, Jesus resurrected. I think, yeah, there were people who, you know, he didn't care. So you begin to see further as we look at Romans chapter 6. And as you see that Paul begins to bring the two together, that the story of resurrection cannot mean anything if the death of Christ was not understood. So you see that he said, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will live with him. Can I ask a question? Which aspect of that verse eight is automatic and which one is conditional? Are we together? Which aspect is conditional and which one is an automatic response? He said, if we die, then we will resurrect. That means if I don't die, there is no resurrection. That means I cannot talk about resurrection. I'm not talking about the debt. That was why when Jesus was going to classroom to go and show himself, do practical. It wasn't visiting anybody except those who understood his debt. Therefore, he revealed to them his resurrection. He said, if. So that means that I don't know how possible I am in this room, therefore, I am in this hotel. Does that take another time, So, it is automatic that if I am in this room, I am in the hotel, but if I stay outside, no matter how well I walk around this place, this building, if I don't enter a room, I can never be neutral. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, what Paul is saying now, if we die, then we can talk about resurrection. So, if somebody does not die with Christ, if they kill chicken, they're just exercising their jaws. There is nothing to it. He said for we know that since Christ is raised from the dead he cannot die again now you will not begin to see new statements like for we know like like an assertive way to say you know we understand that this will happen because there is a premise under it that's certain so it is of good understanding that you bring both the cross and the resurrection together to have any kind of value. Am I I pushing this a little bit too far? So we see, let's go to the next slide. I love this picture, why? Because it brings both the cross and the resurrection. Together. And when you see Paul, when Paul keeps writing about resurrection, he always ties it in with the dead. Because they cannot be two separate events. Because it's as if you are going through a tunnel. You cannot go, you cannot come out at the other side if you don't come in through the other one. So having explained all of that. Let's just read the scripture more, Philippians chapter three, verse 10. And you see what I'm trying to say, as Paul begins to weave these things together. So you see, Paul says that, I want to know Christ. Yes, the power of his resurrection and to participate in his suffering, become like him in his death. Why? Because you cannot separate the two events. You cannot separate the two events. And let's see how Jesus, one of the places where Jesus dealt with it, and as he begins to try to explain how his death and resurrection impact you as a Christian. And you will begin to see a little bit of his character, like I explained initially, where somebody says, speaks speak something to Jesus about something. And he just will go, say, speaks another thing that appears totally irrelevant and just moves on in the conversation. But when you begin to look at scripture as well, you understand that script, that thing is tied together. Let's look at John chapter 12 that we read. Now the Bible says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. And in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. What was the conversation? They want to see you. What did Jesus say? Now, but Jesus answered them, saying, sir, when the Bible used the, the word, you know, but Jesus answered them, basically what that means is that he moved on from that conversation. And the Bible says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Please go back to that scripture. Please notice here. Jesus said, The time has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. What does that mean? English people. Mean, I should come to your house. Basically, I want to come to your house, but there are conditions attached to my coming. Grammar, English? Anybody? Yes, no? Lawyer? No, yeah. Yes, no. <laughs> you you are English people. Yes, no? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Amen. You know we, we, we our, Hallelujah. Amen. So that means he's saying I hope to be glorified now by responding to that person but I cannot be glorified because I have to go through a process and the process is so that I can have much fruit the process is so that I will not be only Jesus, but I can be reproduced in your lives. I can go and make heal the, the, the great people. I can go and heal the Gentiles, but it will be of no benefit. So the aim is that I die. But when I die, the essence is that I can produce more of myself. Does that make sense? And so the Bible says, "Let's go on." Next layer. Bible says, "He who loves his life will lose it." So it was saying to them, this process of of. Of of death also, you too must follow. If you love your life, you would you would lose it, and he who hates his own life will keep would in this world will keep it for eternal life. What does that mean? If it is about you, you and Christ cannot walk together. That's why I said, except the seed falls into the ground. Do you know how a seed dies? When it goes into the ground, things actually enter into it. And he freely gives up himself. Please go to that scripture. I'm so sorry. I I hope that I don't go far beyond. Let's go back to that scripture. Sorry. The Bible says, unless the grain. Of wheat falls to the ground. Why did Jesus not say, "Unless the grain is plucked and the uh, what's it called, the farmer throws it to the ground"? Why did he say, "Unless the grain falls to the ground"? That means it has to come as free will. Cannot be forced. People may not buy or see this. When you still have a relationship with God, that God is still pushing you through certain process to get you to do certain things. He's still trying to um, butter certain parts. So that it can get you to do what he wants you to do. You have not started with him. He's just, he just put, bringing you to the track, what's it called? To the starting line. You have not started. People normally use the example of Paul. Paul, God attacked Paul. And she cries at that Paul on his way. He converted him, but do you know that at every junction, especially you will see when Paul was in prison, when the old place was open, Paul still sat down. That's when Paul began to call himself. Uh, Paul normally uses his word, "I am a bond a bond servant." What's a bond servant? A, a bond servant is a slave that has worked his time and now has the right to walk out or to stay. That's why you see the apostles always refer to them, themselves as born servants. Because when you become a bond servant, that is when you start joining with God. For, for any grain that has to be used can never be forced. It can use force to bring you to the head. Even his disciples, Jesus got to the point, Jesus asked them, what do you want to do? It has never been the principle of God to force people into his work. Because there is no benefit for you. He just used his position as God. Does that make sense? So, please don't have this idea. You know, people pride in it. Ah, I know how God, God dealt with me before they finally, I finally gave my life to Christ. <laughs> and they quote all these scriptures without knowing that there was a time that Paul had to say, What will separate me from the love of God? So, Paul had to get to a time when he made a decision. So if you are still, or if anybody, as you're watching online, is still in that process, please don't take pride in it. Don't take pride in it. So you begin to see, what Jesus said, unless the wheat falls to the ground, it is not pushed he has to naturally let it go. And when he's in the ground, that that seed has no control about what hits it or what goes into it. Any kind of animal, ant or whatever it is, that is going to be beneficial to it goes into it. So he said, once the tree falls to the ground, now he's saying that. In that said, I said the tree falls into the ground and dies. So that means that he has to come to a position where it is. You know, have you seen you know, you've seen dead people before? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you see them on, on movies. Yes, sir. John said there is nothing. But until you go to that process. See, no matter how, and God help us, we have, and surely we have people that will look up to in ministry. But experience can never overwrite scriptures. That person that is saying, God pushed me, God, God is still waiting on the day. You will freely say, I want to do your work. So, if he has been whipping you for 50 years, God has not gotten to a place of satisfaction because you have not died yet. So you begin to see. So let's let's just go. He said, he said, it will remain alone. That means it will still be alive, but the impact will be limited. Well, please note that he was talking also figuratively about his own death and resurrection. Let's read on this because of our time. And the Bible says, he now began to give the condition. He said, where I am, what does that mean? The process I follow, my servants will follow the same process. I think people who say, I am not yet Jesus yet. You know, Jesus should do his own. Should do Jesus also understands that I am created differently. You are still in the process of application to be admitted fully into servitude. See, that is why at times, you know, can write a lot of things but the, the truth begins to come to our faces as you read the word of Jesus directly and you begin to look at what people have written and you begin to compare it and say, excuse me, am I missing something here? Not I'm not talking about reading scriptures and quoting one verse but reading the context And this is what context does to you. You see what Jesus is actually saying. And what he's talking about. Versus picking a verse of scripture and building a whole doctrine out of it. Then people begin to have a perception of Christ that Christ never had. I think Christians that I talk to at times and people are describing passionately and a, a revelation of Christ, and I'm like, you never read scriptures, you know. Uh, Francis Chan said something, now, I'll never forget that statement. He said, and he's a man that's pastored mega churches, large churches. He said, The truth is that if Jesus was pastoring a church today, he said, I can guarantee you, that church will be small. He said, because the way Jesus actually pastored, we, including me, will struggle. Somebody came to Jesus and said, I have sold everything. I have done it, I have done that. Jesus looked at him. The Bible says he loved him. And the man said, But I can't take this. I am going. And what Jesus said, the Bible says, Jesus, Jesus was just looking at him. Walk away. Jesus spoke about his blood and his flesh. The Bible says there were thousands of people there. And every one of them left. And he remained the twelve. What is Jesus supposed to do as a pastor? Gather them and say, you know, don't panic, don't panic. What did Jesus you say? You call, are you going to go? That's what Francis Chan was saying when he said, the truth is, when we study the style of Christ, and I'm not talking about reading verses or concepts, but when you read him as he taught, as he talks to people, you will be shocked. Oh, you don't want to visit the church of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John the Baptist was in the wilderness. People were coming. What did John the Baptist say to them? You generation of vipers, who told you to come? Ah, you dare not do that. <laughs> you dare not do that. <laughs> that is why, at times, you know, and that is why it is, it, is, it is God's grace. But when you begin to see, that's why I'm encouraging people, please read scripture in context. So that you and I will not be surprised by God when he takes action. So we begin to see here, he said, where I have my servant to be. Please note that before he got to where my servant here, he began to talk about the seed will fall to the ground and must die. He said, "If anyone serves me, serves me, in my Father I will also honour Do you know what this also means? This is what I've learned. I don't need much to be praying that God honour me. But Jesus didn't say pray. Jesus said, "Do what I said you should do. Then honour will come." But we take it as prayer point. And Jesus is wondering, have you read scriptures? Uh, Maybe not. So, (laughs) let's go on, please. Um, So he said, now, now, after he said to them that this is the part, he now began to voice publicly to them, my soul is troubled. If you were in this class, I, Adepa Adelid, would have signed out Long time, you guys, ah, you know, this thing doesn't make, you know? I was saying to some um, a group of people months ago, I was invited to the forum and I was discussing with them. I said, show me in scriptures where God, when he invites people to work for him, he has ever advertised benefits to them. Jesus only advertised benefits to them. Because no benefit will come. So you begin to see. So the Bible says, Father glorify your name. Um, And then the voice came from heaven saying, I will glorify it and I'll glorify it again. So what God is saying is that this process, please not where they started this conversation from. It was about people needing to see Jesus. And Jesus began to explain the journey of his death and his resurrection, and he said, you, my priority is that you follow the same process. You die with me, then you resurrect, then you will receive home." So let's go on, please. Quickly, so because of our time. The Bible says, therefore, the people who stood there heard it, and that it turned out Another said, an angel has spoken. Then Jesus answered him. This voice, see, you are in a class. God just spoke. We are trying to pass a message to you. He said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Then he began to say, now is the judgment of this world come. And now the ruler of this world is cast out. What is he saying? When the death of Christ and his resurrection happened, there was freedom for you and me to come to the level of Christ with him. As long as we are prepared to go through that process of death and resurrection. And you will see that Jesus said, The judgment of this world of this world has come and things are. Let's come on, please. I'm just skipping scriptures now. He now said, and if I am lifted up from the heart, I will draw people to myself. This is said, signifying his death that he will die. Now, when he said, I will draw people to myself. What did that mean? It means that as a seed falls to the ground, when it comes out, there will be access for people to partake in the victory over Satan. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. I know I've kind of Pulled a lot of things together in this crypt- in these scriptures, but what the essence of what we are saying, as we although we have been picking up a couple of things along the way, is just Jesus said, the essence why I have died is so that when I have more of you, you will be able to meet the Gentiles. You'll be able to meet all those people that are asking for me, so that when they ask for me, they don't need to come to me; they would see you. They would see you. But that process of you becoming me, carrying my life, is you being prepared to die and to resurrect. So the Bible says, let's just go to Second Corinthians just about time. Second Corinthians, first Corinthians, sorry, 2 to 6. He said, the message we speak is among the mature, but not of the wisdom of this age. Or um, if the rulers of this world, sorry, or, or the rulers of this world, who are coming to nothing. No, no. we declare the wisdom of God, a mystery that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. Yes. None of this ruler of this world understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now this is where we normally quote. However, what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, it does When we are talking about, but what God is saying is that no, the ability inside of you, eyes have not seen it. You are a seed in my hand. What you can become, ears have not heard. But God has revealed it to us. By his spirit. And he explained it in the verses before to say that this mystery is what God uses to gather us into his purpose. So you can, we, we can all be caught in this. Well, for those who love God, God is saying, Yeah, context, please. Let me just read the Amplified for us, please, just because. I have a good He said, "But rather we are setting forth the wisdom of God, which was once hidden from the human understanding, now revealed to us by God. That wisdom, which is which God had devised and decreed before the ages, for our glorification. Now, please look at the the, the parenthesis there to lift us." into the glory of his presence. That was why when Jesus was saying, if you follow me in my death, that is the process by which I gather you up together. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's just go to Let's just go to Galatians chapter 2. You can partake in the resurrection of Christ as long as you are prepared to fall into the ground and die. That was why when Jesus went back he spoke to his disciples because he has explained to them the process of whatever it is that I have deposited inside of you to come to life is by dying to yourself. That's what Jesus said. You take up your cross on a daily basis. That is every single day you die to yourself. The ability that you think God has in you will only, like Jesus said, will only die with you alone except you are prepared to die That is why Jesus was not talking about resurrection to people. Because he's not in the business of entertaining people. He wants people who wants to take substance out of his journey. You know, that's why the Bible says, I did not set aside the grace of God, for the righteousness could not, could not be gained through the law. If not, Christ had died in vain. What he's saying is that I cannot stand before God and try to present something. I have to come before him naked. What does naked mean? You are there without being ashamed. You are not paraphrasing before God. And a couple of weeks ago, I felt God laid something in my heart. And what I felt God laid in my I said, people say they come to me, I open up before God the way I have. But they refuse to take instruction. On what he says you should do about what you are presented to you. So it is not a question of ah, I am open before God. No, that is is again like we said, or we've seen in scripture, God is not in the place of entertaining people. He would act, he would tell you what he demands from you. So we will say, I am open before God. The actual solution should be, are you prepared to do what he has asked you to do? The rich man came before Christ. He was open to him. Ah, you see that I've done this, you see I've done And Jesus said, yes, you've done well. But, this is what I require of you. And the man walked away The Bible even said, he walked away feeling bad, and his emotions did not move Christ one bit. These are not pictures that people at times are painted of who Christ is because we don't read scriptures in context. I told you once and that was a day when many, many months ago, or if you know years now, I was I was angry about something. And God said to me, keep quiet on this issue. So I said, I kept quiet. But in my mind I was, I was uncertain. I knew what God said. God said I can hear you. When I said, keep quiet, that means your mind shuts down on this issue. I've said this to, so many times to, to people, you know, and it's just my understanding. At times, I am envious of people at times, the way God deals with them, and i like, ah, you know, try to be easy also with me. You know, this thing is you know, I don't understand. God help us in Jesus' name. So the message we have is this. His victory should be our life. But the path to his victory is moving from the cross to resurrection. Then the judgment of hell will come. And I have this just something that I just wanted to just point us. When the logos says the word was on the cross, is basically saying to us the journey of you as a Christian. The cross, the word was on the cross, means Christ was on the cross and he resurrected. So the hope and vision of God for us as members of this fold is that you move, follow Christ from the cross to resurrection. So you have it as a motto for the church. The word was on the cross. It did not end on the cross. It started its journey from the cross. The question is, are you also prepared to take that journey. There's a lot that God has in you to give out to the world. But this is the process by which everyone approves of, that this is the path we normally go. God help us in Jesus' name. Let's just bow down our heads. Christ has done. He's brought you to resurrection and say, you know, I, I get the parties outside. I get a chicken roast or whatever it is, is making the rounds. But I am not appearing at dinner parties. I'm appearing before you. To tell you that this is actually something that you can tap in for, are you prepared to die? Us on the way, you can pick it up again today. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.